online and on your mobile. From the UK to the world, this is Diverse FM. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Robin and Friends, a podcast featuring highlights from some of our best shows on Diverse FM. It may contain some cheeky chats too, so enjoy. Hello, welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Robin from Robin and Friends. This week, in this episode, we're talking about coronavirus outbreak again.、Um, literally, this is one of the biggest news you have been hearing on、um, lots of media, maybe on newspaper,、um, read them, and on TV, on radio, on the internet. It has been a, a huge issue in many countries at the moment. So we still want to talk about it a little bit in this series.、Um, and we had、um, people from China, we had people from Italy to talk about the、um, impact on their life in this country. Countries, and、um, but this week we have a new guest in the podcast. The first guest, the guest have been on the podcast for the first time ever. She'll be talking about um the impact of the coronavirus in the UK, and basically in her life as well. Right. Um. So if you want to get in touch with the podcast, feel free to do so. You can simply join us by emailing devstyfm at foxmail dot com. Robin and friends. This week we have Caitlin Power, who is a student, my classmate actually, from Cardiff University. Hello, Caitlin. Thank you so much for joining us in the podcast. Hi, Robin. Thank you for having me. Lovely to have you on the show.、Uh, tell us,、uh, first of all, tell us where are you at the moment? Well, I'm currently at home.、Um, so I've I went back to my family when class was finished, just because I thought, well, I might as well go back for Easter. Yeah.、Um, and I'm here temporarily、uh, during the lockdown. So it's me, my parents, and my younger sister in the house at the moment. Lovely. That's a that's a that's a good thing to hear. You always saw family anyway. But um, but you're in the countryside, are you? You just said to me beforehand. <laughs> yes. Yes. No. I mean, um, so I live on the South Downs in the south of England in West Sussex. Yeah. Um, and it's a small little village. Um, so right in sort of the sticks and such. Actually, I went into town to, into the local town today to get some um. Food supplies. Yeah. So、uh, it felt like going into the real world <laughs> just for about <laughs> half an hour before coming home. <laughs> We're into the real world. I love it. I love it. I'm still staying in the student competition at the moment. Um, because um, sad to say, I have nowhere to go. But don't worry, I I'm fine at the moment. Just say to my family、uh, early on this morning, telling them um, it's 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 just a bit difficult, but everything else is fine. I'm gonna、yeah. go out for shopping, uh, tomorrow to check out if I get some food, some drinks,、uh, I mean juice and milk. Um, a little bit later. Right. So let's start with some some questions about your life. Then how. How has the、um, the coronavirus outbreak affected your life, Caitlin? It's been weird because I'm in that sort of privileged position where, because I'm a postgraduate, I've done my undergraduate degree, so I don't have to stress about that, and I'm not working full time yet, obviously.、Hmm. Um, so although my life is deeply affected, it's not the worst that it, I'm not in one of the worst case scenarios.、Um, but at the same time, it feels it. I don't know if you feel this. It feels like a bit of a limbo. I'm sort of sitting between these things, these things, and I don't know whether I want to accelerate life. Should I be applying for jobs consistently all the time because of people employing or not employing,、um, or should I take this time as a pause because no one's employing and we're all on lockdown? So it's this very confusing. I feel like I should be doing something、um, constantly, and I think that's partially due to our course being quite an intense course. So obviously we've been going constantly for about two months,、mm. um, and all of a sudden. Where I'm sort of I'm home, so it very much feels like I sort of sort of gone backwards. 
it's like the two weeks between Christmas and New Year. Um, I've gone backwards in time slightly, and I'm back home, and uh, I'm not doing all of my uni work. So it's 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 a bit odd. <laughs> yeah, trying it, to work out where I am. Yeah, so it is weird, isn't it? I mean, I I still. Um, have that feeling at this, like, like exactly like the same like feeling like uh, that I was doing something similar to doing at Christmas time the New Year period of time I have no homework no schoolwork no classes what I'm doing just stay at home and think about if I got something to do and the, the same exact situation here I'm also worrying about finding a job because as you're saying um, many uh, recruiters are not working at the moment they are not hiring people they can't conduct interviews because of the social distancing um, so it it is it is quite weird time. Um, how's your family going? Are, are they fine? Are they well? They're very well, thank you. So um, obviously, so my sister's finished now. For so she's an undergraduate at UEA East Anglia University. Good. Um, in her first year, and she's done now. They've and I think they might have a few exams, but she's kind of finished. So she's actually driving back in the next week to go and collect her stuff from her accommodation to mm. then bring that stuff home. Mm. Um. So she's all right. She's cut, done. I think she's a little confused, similar to us. She doesn't know what assignment she's got left to complete. Um, but uh, she's having fun. She and I were making the most of the sunshine the other day and we're sitting in the garden doing um, a circuit training thing. Yeah, I'm jealous you have a <laughs> um, garden. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but I was doing it with my 18-year-old sister who I think all she has to do is think about exercise and she gets an ab. Yeah. So, um, but she's doing well. My mum's a teacher, um, so she's been remote teaching uh, using a weird online learning system. But uh, I think she's just about got to grips with it, and they've broken up for Easter. Um, so I think that's an interesting point for her. And how does she communicate with these students who are across the world? Some of them are, a lot of them are international students at this boarding school that she's been teaching at. Um, so it's that process of making sure the students are there, they have to sign in, they have to register but with each class that they had to do. Um, and my dad, I think, I don't know if you saw mm-hmm. my post on Facebook, my dad is sort of working in pharmaceuticals but uh, was interviewed recently for BBC Radio 5 Live yeah. about um, coronavirus and everything because he works in pharmaceuticals. So um, he's presently working from home. He's usually based in Belgium. Mm-hmm. Um but obviously, with the lockdown, he hasn't been able to go back. So he's based here, uh, fielding calls left, right, and centre. It's quite interesting to hear how how the how families like yours and many people have been trying to cope with the um, um, the, the lack of public transport and and social distancing. And I think the technology plays a great role, as you mentioned. You know, teaching online from home and walking from home as well and um and don't don't need to worry about if i can't be there if i can't do the job but still i I heard some of my um other friends who have families walking in places like supermarket like the hospital like um like you know the street cleaner which is also also important job at the moment and they just can't work from home so i think that's really difficult situation for them of course and um i'm actually uh, hopefully doing some deliveries for some local shops, local um, greengrocers and everything, because the area that I'm in, there's um, a very high um, sort of 60-plus years old um, residency. Um, so a lot of people obviously are very vulnerable and can't leave their homes. And because I've got my own car, um, I've offered to sort of take deliveries around some of the local grocers and everything, one, it's local food anyway, Um but to kind of help help with that support because um, it's a crazy time and it's that kind of looking out for your neighbour that I think is so important. Um, 
and uh, obviously it's difficult with face-to-face contact but again it's technology like we wouldn't be able to organize this if we didn't have phones and email <laughs> and social media to say what do you need send us the order and we'll do it so it's um that's important and I, one of my mates who lives down the road her parents both work in the hospital so um they're all quarantining because even though she doesn't work at the hospital she's got to um she lives with them so she doesn't want to uh contaminate anyone else so that's weird I heard some of the um, stories that you mentioned because you mentioned that you are going to do some uh, voluntary job for the uh, local groceries to to bring the deliveries around, and I I applaud mm-hmm. for you because I think that's important and, and you are really grateful doing that. I heard many people on the radios like communities coming together, working um, together to bring deliveries, bring medicine, bring essential food for the elders who who are shelled shelled at home at the moment over seventy, so people with underlying symptoms. And I think that shows the strength of the community because I've been staying um, in the UK for over six months now. I heard news, I heard stories of people um, agreeing or disagreeing with each other, especially during the, um, the Brexit time. But now I heard some really moving moving stories about people helping each other. So I think that's that's when the community is getting together and trying to trying to help. Exactly, and it's one of those sort of silver lining things where it's a horrible situation for all of us to be in. Um, but I hope one thing that lives on after this is this sort of sense of community and thinking of others and that support and neighbourly support um, long after this pandemic is over. Um, because we do, we all get very insular. And we, I mean, we've talked about it before on your radio show. We all get very insular with our technology. Mm. Um, but there's a sort of looking around now and who can I help that um, is getting stronger because of, the horrible situation we're all in so um i think it's a really important thing that people are doing this and i hope it continue i hope this sort of consideration for people who are vulnerable or more susceptible to things uh stays on afterwards i do i do hope to i i, I just think about um you know what i could do to help people because um apparently i don't have a car i don't have a driving license so i can't i can't do these simple things like you do well, it's not really simple. I mean, just like simply do something like you are doing um, at the moment. But I registered as the um, volunteer for the NHS England, trying to see if I could make a couple of phone calls to the people who are self-isolating at home, start waiting for confirmation emails. But I mean, I'm just happy to see that um, people are trying to help each other and showing their strengths as a community. So I think that's one of the things I'm really happy to see but on the other hand there are lots of um, negativities there because you know people can't go out for work some people who are um, self-employing it's it's quite a disaster time for them as well absolutely and um, my partner he works in Dublin but uh, the company he works for um, has had to completely shrink because of this and in the process he and a lot of the other members of marketing have been made redundant with notice. They're working their notice online at the moment from home. Uh, but then because the company hasn't been able to exist as it is during this coronavirus, they've had to scale down and that includes losing most of their marketing team. Uh, so my partner wow. is kind of sitting in Dublin <laughs> minus, minus the job um, because of it and fortunately the company has been really good and he's able to work remotely for the next month and work out the notice and they've been very supportive in that but it's not the case for everyone and I think that's where it gets really difficult and thank god the government has put forward the sort of 80% coverage Mm -hmm. Um, but even then there's a loophole and a friend of mine her partner um, was made redundant 
because they had to cancel a project that he would have been working on for the company. Um, but he'd been taken on just sort of within the ti- in the loophole time where he would technically not qualify for the 80% coverage from the government. Mm. Um, fortunately, again, the com- this other company was really good and um, have managed to find a way to support him and he's managed to now be qualified for the 80% coverage. But a lot of people won't have that support. Um, so it's that really difficult thing of a lot of it, it's going to affect sort of economically uh, the country in ways I don't think we fully understand at this point. I think the ripple effect is going to be quite large. One of other points I, I just discovered recently about coronavirus outbreak in the UK is about young people's attitudes towards the situation. Um, apparently, there are lots of people who are obeying the um, instructions from uh, from the government earlier and saying people should stay at home as much as they could and shouldn't go out for uh, randomly except for a, a few certain circumstances and reasons. Um, apparently, I, I, according to what I observe from my kitchen window, there's just a, li- a little amount of people still on the streets, but most of them are going for shopping, which is understandable. I mean, just shopping for the essential food or, or stuff. Now, the problem is I keep hearing or keep seeing the things happening, like young people don't really take this seriously. They go, they still meet their friends or they still um, go out more than necessary. And I just want yeah. to take a point on this one. Can you, have you ever noticed a similar situation yourself? Or do you think it is a problem at all? I think it is a problem. And um, I mean, I heard the most uh, sort of relevant examples from my sister, because obviously she's an undergraduate. She's just done her first year. And first year of your undergraduate, uni, there's a massive culture, particularly over here in the UK, of going out all the time. Um, and some of her friends, to my sister's horror, were... Um, continuing to go out right up until I think about last Tuesday wow. um, and my sister was home by this point um, because she'd chosen to self-isolate because my um, my dad is von- uh, vulnerable technically immune wise um, so she was like well I, I come home now or I'm not going to get home and um, but she was watching loads of her friends going out in London as well and I think this is the kicker that it, it was happening in major epicenters of the outbreaks in the country. Um, she had friends doing it in Edinburgh, and um, it's a bit insane. And she was kind of going, well, what are you doing? And they're like, oh, it won't affect me. We're all fine. And she's like, yeah, but you don't know who else is in the bar. Um, and it, it was a really difficult situation for her to be in because they were obviously having a great time. And she was sort of sitting at home and obviously my family's very comfortable around each other, but watching your mates go out is hard. But she was also thinking it was crazy. Mm. I just I just have a little bit concerned about this because I know the culture, as you mentioned, going out, nights out, drinking and eating outside, having a having fun time, which is totally fine during other time. It just at a certain time it should be people should be more considerate about each other. Absolutely. And um it's kind of, and it's that sort of, it's not meant in a distrusting way either. I think there's a massive misconception that this is a, oh, don't come near me because you might have it. It's more, I think I would suggest probably a lot of, a lot of people do probably carry it and they don't have the symptoms, they're symptomatic. Um, but that doesn't mean that it's not there. It's very easy to pick up these things and it's sort of being conscious of who you're with and who you can pass it on to. Mm. Um, and I think that in itself is a major sort of concern, and that's what people need to be more educated about. But it's very easy to slip into, 
this is this case, this is this case, oh, it's fine because I'm not like that. And it's it's a real challenge, I would say, for the medical community of how to raise awareness mm. about how to do this without becoming crazy and hysterical um, and pointing the finger at anyone who looks like they're going to step out the door, uh, but also making sure that if you are stepping out the door, you're doing it consciously and you know what you're doing. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that our conversation this time is always pushed by some of the points you mentioned. Again, you mentioned a point I want to just talk about a little bit because you mentioned a, a word "crazy." I keep hearing people on the radio. Um, <laughs> some 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 people, some elder people, some middle-aged people, some younger people calling the radio, telling the presenter, saying, "You are frightening us. You are frightening the country." Um, saying this is not a big deal. This is a this a maybe a little bit serious flu uh, whatsoever. Um, have you heard similar similar things speaking to you by yeah. your friends or? I've heard it by some people and. I do understand it, and I think the thing to bear in mind is that, I, I, speaking for myself, um, I'm a very he- healthy human being. I like to think, um, and I don't have. Uh, I'm, I, I have the advantage that I'm a very healthy person who is at a very young point where, if I did get it, uh, I think it's a 99% chance that I would probably bounce back. Um, and in some ways, the way that uh, our world is going with flu and everything. It, it might be healthy to get it and become immune to it because that's the best way to become immune to it. But um, I think it's a very privileged thing to say and it completely cuts out any sort of consideration of someone who of, of other people who are vulnerable and who it must be a really scary time. And I think uh, you were saying earlier that you're signing up to call people and volunteer with phone calls to people who were stuck self-isolating. And I think that's an incredibly important thing to do mm. because although we're in a very positive position with this and we can be concerned for our loved ones and for ourselves, but we probably know that realistically, even if we caught it, we're still in an okay position. There are others who will be terrified. And for that, it's um, the stuff that you're doing to support that is so important. Thank you so much, Kate. I'm still waiting for confirmation <laughs> emails. Um, but if, I, I, if I'm uh, eligible to help, I'm definitely going to try my best to help people who, um, who are lonely self-isolating at home, maybe panic about what's happening. Because um, some, for some people, they don't really have much connection to the world. Um, some even don't have connections to, to the internet, some people. For, for, so I think it's really good for us to reach out, to speak to them, to listen to their concerns. Um, just, of course. Just, just finally, um, are you... I mean, you, you said we are positive, at positive stage and about the future. Are you positive about your future, then? Um, I don't know. I think... I think part of me, I'm a very type A kind of person. I like my ducks to be in a row. I like to, I like to know where I'm going. And I think, mm. uh, particularly in, I don't know how much this affects you, but like my dissertation at the moment, obviously we've got to make sort of documentaries or articles on a subject. Um, I've had to put my entire sort of thinking about the dissertation as I was planning to do it on hold. Um, which is a very intimidating thing for me because obviously I planned it out, I got the ideas, it was all kind of partially set. And then I had to sort of go, well, depending on what happens in the next month, I might have to completely scrap six months of work and start again. Mm. Um, I might have to completely change my focus. And it's the same And it's the same when thinking about careers. Obviously, we thought we would have the time uh, to 
gently move into the industry or to meet people in the industry and hope and make our way towards that. Um, and now, because we don't know where this sort of end point is, and we have this lack of finality, finality on this issue, um, as I said earlier, it's that stress of, do I apply for things now? Are people looking for things? Um, or are they not? Um, and it's that trying to find a balance between keeping my options open, I think, at the moment, but also trying to consciously school myself in not panicking. Um, so trying to be productive, but not letting it get to me. Because I think otherwise, particularly because there's nowhere... I mean, I'm very fortunate I can go for a, my 20-minute allotted walk a day. Mm. Um, but in general, we're inside. The only view of the outside is through the news and technology and our friends. Um, but that can cause someone to go very stir-crazy. And I think it would not be healthy to simply dwell on the unknowns, but try and do small steps. And that's like changing my CV up, sending it out to a few people, entering sort of writing competitions, anything that's able to be done online. I'm trying to do it gently without putting a massive stress on everything. <laughs> well, I have my best best of wishes to you, Caitlin, because um, I know you as a friend, Thank as a you. classmate. I know you've been working very hard. Um I think it's you deserve all the good things coming to you. I think, I, I think you should be fine for your future. But I'm just saying because a lot of uncertainty around us at the moment. But uh, honestly, I have all my best wishes to you. I hope you you'll get whatever you want to want to get for your for, for, you for your life, for your, career, for your career in the future. Thank you so much, Caitlin, for this um for your time for this episode. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you very much. This is a podcast from Diverse FM. That's Caitlin on the line talking about. Uh, Basically, talking about the life um, under the quarantine, under the lockdown of the coronavirus outbreak, you might have heard the news in different countries in the world being pursuing such policy at the moment. And it's, it's actually something that I really don't have have much to say about because I can't make more, much man, many comments on the policymakers. And it is sometimes it's important because coming from a country where the strictest lockdown has been conducted earlier, I understand firmly about how t- difficult, how terrible that could be. But on the other hand, I know how effective it might be um, in a country like China, a huge country with lots of population. It works out. So I think maybe, just maybe, if we would come, um, follow the instruction, and stay at home a little bit more often, then possibly we can beat the, the virus earlier rather than later. Do feel free to get in touch if you want to. You can email me at devstifm at foxmelt.com. You can also find us on social media at devstifm, on Twitter or at devstifm on Weibo. Until next time, bye-bye. Thanks for listening. To find out more, check out our website, diversefm.weebly.com or email diverse.fm at foxmail.com. Until next time. This is Diverse FM.